Well, that's cool, baby. I mean, you know how it is. Rocking and rolling and whatnot. Hey, how's it going, eh? I'm Lee McCormick. This is Tramps Like Us, a Bruce Springsteen podcast sidecast. Rocking and rolling and whatnot. Episode one, remembering Tom Petty, 1950 to 2017. I've had this idea in the back of my mind for a while now. I've been wanting to branch out occasionally from the Bruce Springsteen themed shows that I do and, you know, feature some other artists and topics. I'm a, I'm a huge music fan of a lot of different artists, a lot of different genres and styles. And uh, it's, it's my intent and my hope to turn some listeners of Tramps Like Us on to some of the non-Springsteen music that I love and I'm so passionate about. So I appreciate you downloading the episode. Thanks for listening. So uh, this week, with the sad news of the passing of Tom Petty, I thought it was fitting to kick off the sidecast with a tribute episode, a remembrance of the life of Tom Petty, and the great music he made that will no doubt live on. I'll be joined on this episode by some of my good friends. We're just going to share some Tom Petty memories and thoughts, and we're going to play some tunes. Petty and the Heartbreakers were undeniably one of the greatest rock and roll bands ever. Similar to Bruce and E Street Band, the Heartbreakers, the Heartbreakers elevated Tom's great songs to a level he may not have been able to reach on his own. The sensibilities of a band playing together for over 40 years is so invaluable. It's it's a beautiful thing to be able to keep that going, to be able to reconvene, you know, every so often to record to get back together and tour, to perform these songs, to bring this beautiful rock and roll music to life. It's wonderful. I cherish it, and it's, it's very sad that it's ended this week. I guess the first song that turned me into Tom Petty was Refugee. I remember hearing that thing on the radio when I was five or six years old. It got played on AM radio. They played it on FM radio. I loved it. It just had a sound. didn't sound like anything else. Great rock song. That dark chord progression of the F sharp minor to the A to the E. So awesome. Uh, that great organ, Ben Mock kicking it off with the organ off the intro, and then a great organ solos, great guitar by Mike Campbell, great guitar solo, and obviously those distinctive, rebellious vocals of Tom, that, that rock and roll attitude that you just hear in his voice was, uh, was just perfect. Tell me why you wanna lay there forever 
Every subgenre of rock and roll, whether playing 50s rock and roll and rockabilly, uh, British invasion blues, blues rock, the jam band, southern rock style stuff, the folk and country music, elements of pop, punk, and new wave, blues, hard rock music. Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers could do it all, they could play it well. And more importantly, Tom wrote the great songs within each subgenre of rock and roll. So, you know, it's the songs, the songs, the songs. It's all about being a good songwriter and having great songs. And these songs will live on forever. And certain artists, you know, stick with you during certain periods of your life. So there may have been a period where you were right into an artist, but then not so much later on in life. For Tom Petty, he was one of those artists that's just been with me through all periods of my life. Since I was a fan, since I first heard Refugee, Right up until his last record, Hypnotic Eye, huge fan, just following all of his music and just taking those songs with me through good times and bad times. So, you know, like I, I didn't know the guy, but I feel like I did know the guy. I feel like he knew me, you know. I'm so thankful and grateful for the music that, you know, I will continue to listen to for the rest of my life. These great Tom Petty songs. For all the great memories of seeing Tom Petty, and that great band, the Heartbreakers, in concert. So, so thankful. So grateful. I'm fortunate to have seen Tom live a bunch of times. The first was September 22nd, 1991. That was the uh, Into the Great Wide Open Tour. Uh, school had just started. It was September. It was, you know, second, third week of school. I was in grade 11, I think. Just starting grade 11. Um, it was a last-minute thing. I didn't have a ticket. I think it was a Sunday, and I was just laying it hanging out, thinking, I got to go see Tom Petty, man. I love Tom Petty. I want to go to this show. So Tom was playing Maple Leaf Gardens here in Toronto. I didn't have a ticket, but I decided to go alone and try and grab a ticket off a of scalper. So this is the first time I'd ever gone to a concert by myself. I ended up getting a real good seat right up close in the red section on the left side of the stage, Mike's side of the stage. It was a great show, awesome show, such a cool tour. They had a great stage set. There's, a, I think, like a big tree right in the middle of the stage, and you know, this was the last tour with Stan Lynch on drums, and you know, I'm, bi I'm a big Stan Lynch fan, being a drummer, and thought he was great. And so I was very happy I got to see Stan play a show with the band, and I was impressed and blown away by how good the Heartbreakers were, and you know how amazing Tom was, the spirit of rock and roll that flowed through Tom Petty. You know, the way he led the band, the way he led the crowd, like he he just kind of had the whole crowd in the palm of his hands. Everybody singing every line of every song. It was an, it was an amazing thing. Tom Petty's a genuine rock and roller, genuine entertainer, and I walked out of the gardens that night a fan for life. One of the standout songs for me that night was Psychotic Reaction. It's a cover of the Count Five song from 1966, kind of a one-hit wonder. I'd known that song from a, like a 60s compilation I'd had, and 
And I was really stoked to hear Tom and the Heartbreakers bust that one out. So one of the greatest guitar riffs ever. So Stan Lynch sang this while, uh, you know, Tom played some great harmonica.
Thanks on the vocal for you. Talking with Elliot Clifton here. Elliot's a copperhead just like myself. We were at the first year of Steve Earle's Camp Copperhead songwriting masterclass there. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Elliot's got good taste in music. Steve Earle fan, Tom Petty fan. <laughs> Tom I mean, Petty, it doesn't get much better than Steve Earle and Tom Petty. I know, right? They, they both kind of come from that same school, songwriter school, you know, rockers with, you know, roots rock, songwriters speaking for the people. And I think the the difference between, like, Springsteen, Tom Petty, Steve Earle is kind of, like, where they're located, right? <laughs> Springsteen's New Jersey, Steve's, like, Texas, Tom Petty's, like, you know, Florida. So all of these, you know, influences seep out in their music, and that's where the kind of the differences are, right? Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, Tom Tom was from Gainesville, which is actually where I'm from. So oh, yeah. I've always I've always felt you know a, yeah like a special connection there, right? Because because right. you know I mean there there you know there's a lot of rockers, there's a lot of folks that come out of the Northeast and off the West Coast. There are a lot of us out of Florida, right? right so yeah. you know he always kind of held the banner for the Florida boys, you know. <laughs> so I always kind of felt the kinship there. Cool. So so being from there, were you aware of Petty like right from the start, like in the seventies? Was he a local hero then? There. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, every time, anytime. Now, I'm I'm younger than he is by yeah. about twenty years. So, right, yeah. you know, I I didn't actually discover and get into his you know his music until many years later. Right. Uh, but you know, my parents were full blown hippies, and they they enveloped music all the way from <laughs> Richie Hayden on up. And were they, so, were your parents? Uh, you know, anytime you would hear. Tom Petty, you always heard, yeah, that Gainesville boy, that Gainesville <laughs> boy. There's a lot of pride there, yeah. Were your parents at any of the Mud Crutch shows? <laughs> you know what? I don't know. I haven't talked to Mom and Dad about that, yeah. uh, about Petty specifically in a long time. Right, yeah. uh, Dad was at the 1974 Bob Dylan Rolling Thunder Review, yeah. uh, and so uh, they, they had a number of those, but we hadn't talked about Petty in a while, and I haven't talked to him since he passed. So, right. so uh, so when did Tom Petty kind of come onto your radar? When did you become a fan? Well, I guess, was it like the hits, the 80s? Or? You know, I was thinking about that. Yeah, well, I was thinking about that a lot today, actually, um, because, you know, Petty just kind of seemed to always kind of be in my life. Like, I can't remember a moment, you know, where I was like, ooh, that's, I, this is, you know. <laughs> but the, I would say that when I first first discovered it, it was probably, I think, into the Great Wide Open album, yeah. uh, and that that album was about the time I was just you know getting out of high school and so forth. And back when you could actually play a song on a jukebox, right. and and <laughs> cool. you know we we would we would play those tunes, especially learning to fly, you know, nonstop. And yeah. and then I mean, of course, of course, you know, Full Moon Fever had come out before that, and nobody could miss Free Falling, right? Oh, I mean, we huge. all remember the video, the girl on the skateboard, oh, yeah. right? All that. So you know. Uh, but really, uh, it was it, it was it, it, it into the Great Wide Open was where I started to really kind of get into him. And then Wildflowers, and, and, and this is this is kind of funny because when Wildflower came out, um, I bought that album uh, back when cassettes, you know, were still around. Yeah. And I took a road trip from Arkansas all the way down to Houston, and all we listened to the entire way <laughs> was that Wildflowers album, all the, all the way down there. Just keep flipping so, the sides, man. It's such uh, a great album. It's one of his best ones, for sure. I, I, I totally I totally believe that. Uh, you know, In fact, the, the title, Cut, is probably my favorite off the album, but, I mean, how do you pick a favorite? It's like trying to pick a favorite child. 
Yeah, there's great songs on that. A lot of good moods. There's rockers. There's uh, some acoustic things, you know. There's some, some epic. Uh, like, It's Good to Be King is great off that, you know. Uh, you Wreck Me is just a great rocker. Time to Move On I love. I love uh, Crawling Back to You is good. Honey Bee is heavy, rocking thing, you know. It's That was his... Uh, and that's the first thing with Rick Rubin, wasn't it? Or I don't remember. Yeah. Um, I, I the thing that, that that I find interesting about him and, and his style is his ability to really connect with people decade after decade in different ways. Uh, because I have I have friends, you know, from the gambit all the way, you know, my people down in the gutters, all the way up to uh, you know, friends in politics which could be considered gutters but nonetheless i mean i have you know petty seems to come across to all of them you know they all seem to have some sort of anthem that that has played a part in their lives no matter what their socioeconomic class and and, you know that's that's something pretty special yeah to bridge both political sides right with your music (laughs) that's amazing (laughs) exactly and you know one one other thing that was interesting too is uh you know off the Damn the Torpedoes album, uh, Here Comes My Girl, yeah. uh, it is a really, really interesting tune. And it, I don't know that I could say it was one of my favorite tunes, but he, the thing that's interesting about it is that it's almost a talking blues yeah, the verse. song yeah. in a rock format. It's so Right? Am- and and yeah. that's, that is innovation, man. That's amazing. It's so amazing that he goes from that verse where he's just, you know, laying down the line. And then he goes to the chorus and he just starts singing his heart out and it's like, wow, it's like almost like here's this guy and he's acting like a man and he's just a man walking down the street, you know, and they've got that group going. And then all of a sudden here comes my girl and he just starts singing like an angel, you know, and it's just like his heart is opened up and, you know, angels (laughs) are singing and there's birds in the air. (laughs) It's amazing. It's it's an amazing song. I love that. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, and, and again, I never got to see him live. It, it is now one of the regrets of my life. I can tell you that yeah. that yesterday when I got the news at work, I kind of broke down and teared up and cried a bit. Yeah, uh, you know, I was just hoping nobody walked into my cubicle, you know, because uh, it was devastating. It was probably uh, the most devastating news I can remember hearing from a musical standpoint. Yeah, I know some of these ones hit you hard, man. The connection that you make with these songs carrying through your lives and... We're living in a world without Tom Petty now. Fortunately, we have all these great songs that are going to last lifetimes, and you know I'm definitely going to keep playing them for the rest of my life. Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I mean, his greatest hits album may be the, one of the greatest greatest hits albums of all time. <laughs> it's true, I know. <laughs> like, if if you have one guy's going to pick like I mean, t- you, ten or twelve hits, like they're all home runs. Yeah, I mean, I mean, don't get. I'm a huge Dylan fan, but but really, it would be hard, you know, to pick. Uh, you know, that a greatest hits album that's better than what Petty's was. His greatest hits album. I mean, if you ask pretty much anybody, you know, and we're not talking about the the hardcore you know music folks, yeah. but I mean, you know, we just talked to to the to the masses who he appealed to. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's going to be one of the albums that they all love because it is a phenomenal album. Yeah. Uh, you know, of, uh, it's what a body of work. You know, I mean, yeah. I don't I don't think there's a better greatest hits album out there 
anywhere. Yeah, that thing came out in the mid '90s, and I remember everybody or early '90s, and everybody had that record. It was so good, and even like he put two new songs on it, like on a greatest hits, and it's kind of a ballsy move. But he puts you know Mary Jane's Last Dance on it, and it's a bona fide hit. It's like one of his greatest songs. You know, he plays it every night live. <laughs> Right, right. Who puts out a greatest hits album with a new song, and then it uh, it actually is, is a, a hit, hit. <laughs> you know? And and who didn't? I mean, come on, man. We 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 all we all hung hung out, listened to, got drunk on, hot, whatever, yeah. with Mary Jane's Last Dance. I mean, everybody knows the pause in that song yeah. because it's just so iconic. So I mean, it just doesn't line. get any better than that. Yeah, love it. Cool, man. Well, uh, what do you want to play, Ellie? Let's let's pick a song to uh, to play here. What do you want to hear? What's your what, what Tom Petty song should we play for this? Man, you know what? Uh, that, that's so tough, so <laughs> tough. Um, you, you know, if we if if we, if we haven't uh, if we haven't done Wildflowers, I, I'd love to I'd love to to spin that one. Somewhere you feel free You belong 
right, so hey, uh, Alex Ferguson, Baba Ferguson, how's it going, man? It's good, but uh, it's kind of sad to be talking on uh, this occasion. Yeah, it's sad, eh? One of our rock and roll uncles. Yeah, yeah, and especially one of those ones that you, yeah, one of those ones that I didn't really see coming. Yeah, like, you know, I didn't even see it coming at all. So, oh, so. Yeah, like the la- actually, it's funny because, uh, well, not funny, but it's it's strange. Like the last time I was on your podcast, it was the day Greg Allman died. Yeah, and uh, he would be another really rock sad, and but, roll but he, he, uncle. Yeah, he's another rock and roll uncle. But you know, he had been like sick for a little while, yeah. so we kind of saw that one coming. You know. But um, Tom Petty seemed to be pretty spry for his age, and you just saw him. Right? You just still... saw him a couple months ago. Yeah, I saw him in I saw him in July at the you know big arena show. He was Fucking he was he was looking looking great, sounded great, and um, he played he a show last even... Monday, right? He, like his last show was the twenty fifth of September, Hollywood Bowl. Did he really? Yeah, he was playing like at the Hollywood Bowl. Wow! Six days later, he's dead. Fuck. Yeah, his heart just killed yeah. him. His heart just decided to kill him one night. Yeah, well, I guess it's hard living, right? So, Can't I mean, see. even if you're, even if he's healthy now, I mean, still the damage like, is uh, done. Like he smoked. It catches like up with you. Yeah, but, what, but meanwhile, but, but yeah, but meanwhile, you know, guys like Keith Richards and Ozzy are still kicking around. So, like, who knows? Uh, you know, it's, everybody's different. Some people, right? yeah, everybody's different. When did you, uh, when did you first get into Tom Petty? I, you know what? It, it's it, Tom Petty is one of those strange ones because he's always just kind of been there, right? Like, and I got everybody into says him, that. I think, everybody says that. <laughs> he, I, I think I think I just got into him kind of slowly because he was always like he's he was like rock and roll, but he was also um, like enough that he could be like on the pop or adult contemporary stations that my parents would be flipping around when I was little. Little kid riding around in the car, yeah, you know. Like every genre, so like, kind of crossed the lines. Every like he could do pop yeah, songs, yeah. rock songs, blues. He even got into like yeah. the folk country thing. Like he, like the him and the Heartbreakers were like the band for Johnny Cash's uh, his Unchained record. Like he won a Grammy for that record, right? Like it's so amazing that band. Him, yeah. It's kind of like the southern thing too. Like he's a rock guy, but he's from the south, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so, like, yeah, like he said, he crosses all those genres and has just the, his cross-section of fans. And I, I really noticed that, too, when I was at that concert in July. Just the vast age group. Like, there was everybody from kids, teenagers, people yeah. in their 20s, all the way up to, like, you know, senior citizens, right? Who uh, <laughs> who were there and who were there with their families, right? Yeah. So... Um. Yeah, it's just like it's like he's always been there. I, I like. I think you know it was probably just by virtue of my age that I think I, you know, started noticing him about you know those songs from Damn the Torpedoes yeah. when they were being played on the radio. I mean, I didn't know it at the time. I didn't own the album Damn the Torpedoes until I was in my teens. But I loved Refugee. Um, as soon as I heard Refugee as a kid, yeah. I really I thought that well, song was the greatest. Yeah, well, see, see, I I think the first one that I really remember was actually "Don't Do Me Like That." Yeah, um, and it was later on that I realized, you know, that I really loved "Refugee." But I was just, I'm just going by like what I would hear on the radio when I was a kid, and um, 
And there was like the waiting that was from uh, I think Hard Promises. Oh, and, waiting is so good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, song, and I remember dude. that was that that was played on the radio a lot yeah, yeah. too. Like, yeah, I don't know like how big these songs were. Like, they probably didn't go to number one or anything, but no. um, they sure got played on the radio a lot, and not and just when they too. had their not just when they had their run. Like once they started getting yeah. played on the radio, they just kept getting played on the radio. Timeless and, rock and um, roll, timeless rock and roll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think when I really started getting into them was um, when I really when I started listening to the radio myself. When it wasn't like my parents' choice, when I would turn on the radio and I would specifically flip around the stations and not just listen to whatever my parents were listening. And I think that was right around the time like. Southern accents were out, and I don't think that was a really big album. But it had that don't song. Come around, yeah, don't come around here no more. Was pretty big. That video, that video was awesome, right? Yeah, the video got played yeah. everywhere. That's when you could but, have a hit uh, song. You could have a hit song that wasn't on the radio, but it was on like a video channel. You could have like a hit video, right? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like it was number one on like Good Rockin' Tonight three weeks in a row. <laughs> well, that's a, well, that's a thing too. And I remember like when we were in high school. That's what really put Tom Petty over the edge. Like, he all of a sudden became, like, you know, he had been this this rocker that had been around for a long time, like a classic rocker, and then all of a sudden he became, like, cool. Yeah. Because like, he had videos. all these videos yeah. out on for, for from Full Moon Fever, and they were all, like, fun. Even and, his early videos. Uh, like, remember the one for uh, You Got Lucky? Remember that one? No, I don't remember that That one. one's, like, they're, like, uh, they're, like, in some futuristic, like, road warrior like apocalyptic world and they come across this like this marooned like camp and they find they go into the camp and they're like all in this like space gear and stuff like that like space pirates really yeah you gotta check that out well, you, I'm, gonna to, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna, yeah I'm gonna have to look that one yeah up. YouTube that and then they is find that, like a is that, box. Is, that, is, that, that, is that like long after dark is that from yeah that's that album yeah yeah, yeah. it's got some yeah. they find like okay. some keyboards yeah it's a cool video yeah check that one out all right, yeah, I'll check that one out for sure. But yeah, he got trendy in the late '80s there, right? With the uh, yeah, well, full yeah, and fever, I that, like four that, or five videos off that record. Yeah, that was crazy. Like that was like, like the the classic rock thriller or something yeah. <laughs> album. I mean, like so even "You're So Bad" had a video. "You're So Bad" had a video. On that oh, he played he played that in the summer. It was great at the it last was show. So good. Yeah, so yeah, tell me about the last yeah. show. The last show. I guess that's the last time. You're gonna get to see him. How how was the oh, show? Dude. I guess it was amazing. It was oh, it, it, greatest it, hit it, show. It, it it sounded so good, and it it just looked really good. Like the stage set was fantastic, but not you know Petty. He, Tom Petty's not going to be too bombastic or anything. He's still going to be tasteful. Like so, he like you know straddles that edge. Like you know he's a rock star, but doesn't want to be. Yeah. Too much too of a rock star, right? but yeah, it was it was mainly it was mainly a greatest greatest hits package. Yeah. Um, there was a couple of songs off like Mojo and Hypnotic Eye, but for the most part, um, if you own Tom Petty's greatest hits, you were gonna know like eighty five percent of the concert <laughs> by by going to that. But that does you know he's one of those guys that deter from all yeah. all his all his all his hits are amazing. There's nothing like where it's it's overplayed and you're tired of hearing it because uh, 
they're all fantastic, right? But I know, like even the biggest what's, what's like free falling, free falling, like with a, when you're in a, uh, an arena with a whole crowd singing free falling, it's just beautiful. Oh, they right? were totally singing. I know. Right? Well, that's like, that's a, that's another thing too. Like um, everybody knows every word that, of the song. That's, that's amazing. That song, I really got, I really got unexpectedly emotional listening to that song too when. Um, when the news came out that he was um, in critical condition, and uh, I immediately uh, switched whatever I was listening to in my office on my headphones, and I started listening to a Tom Petty mix, and um, Free Fallen came up, and yeah, it, I kind of oh, you hear him sing got, that. You got taken, a, got taken that, aback, yeah. and I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't even. Couldn't even really concentrate. Really, well, I've been know, I've so. been emotional the last couple of days and like almost embarrassingly emotional. Like I don't know why it's hitting. Well, I don't know. It's weird and it's weird that it's hitting me this. Like I was at work today and I was just like I've been listening to Tom Petty music for the last twelve hours straight. And like someone came into my office and they're like, you might not want to like listen to Tom Petty. It's probably bringing you down. Like, <laughs> well, I don't know. Man. It's, yeah, but it's there. It's also therapeutic, right? You gotta get. You gotta get through. You gotta head on, you know, feel your emotions head on about it. Well, that's so. true, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, um, and what, what was interesting about that concert, too, is, um, it, it was like, um, on the same day as Iron Maiden, right? Yeah. So, if, if Iron Maiden tickets had gone on sale before Tom Petty tickets, you might have gone, I might have gone, yeah. gone to see, but Tom Petty tickets came on sale first, right? Right. And and quite frankly, like I hadn't seen Tom Petty for like a few years, where I had I had seen Iron Maiden more recently. So uh, you've seen Tom yeah, Petty a few times. I don't think we've ever seen him together, have we? No, I've, I've seen him I like thought, four or I five thought, times. I thought we might have seen him once at Ontario Place together, like at Molson the Molson Amphitheater, which is now called the Budweiser Stage. I saw yeah. him there in like two thousand and six. I remember it poured. Yeah, rain. that was right. I think I, I saw him there, and it, it really poured rain. At yeah, the end I was with. I was. I remember. Yeah. I was. I brought a girl. I was with a man, and she was all pissed off, and she wanted to leave. And I'm like, "It's Tom Petty. We can't leave." And she was. And it was like, "Oh, oh okay. Well, maybe may, may, maybe we were situation. both at the show. <laughs> maybe we were both at the show, but we weren't hanging out at, um, at the show together. That's possible. You know, I saw him twice at uh, Darien Lake. You know, the Darien Lake place. There? Yeah, yeah. I saw him twice there, and check this show out. One time, the Black Crows opened up. And the next time, the Almond Brothers opened up. It was amazing. Oh, man. Now both <laughs> those guys are past. Oh. I know, right, eh? Like, all of our rock and roll uncles are getting up there, but Keith Richards still keeps rolling on. Yeah, and then there's, like, old guys. Like, um, I was thinking... Uh, Jerry Lee Lewis like, just turned 82 last week, right? Jerry Lee Lewis and Fats Domino. That was my very first concert. Fats is fucking, like, 86, I think. And both those guys are still like kicking around. Yeah, right? Little Richards, so. Little Richards, still alive too. I haven't. Yeah. He's been in hiding for years, but he's uh, well, not in hiding. He just hasn't been in the public eye. But he's still alive. But so you got a favorite Tom Petty record there, Baba? If you got to take one record to the desert island, you can't take the greatest hits. Can't take the playback uh, box set. What are you gonna take? I'll probably damn the torpedoes. I know that's yeah. an easy pick, but that's a um, classic. It's got like four or five hits on yeah. it. It'll, yeah, yeah. My my dark horse is probably Echo. Echo's good, eh? Dark is so dark. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of dark horse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what? Like when it when it came out, yeah. it came out like at a time when I don't know, maybe I was depressed and drinking too much. And it's kind <laughs> of a dark, sad album. 
and so it might have fit the, the phase I was in. But um, yeah, when that album came out, and it, I, I remember I listened to it like every day that summer, yeah. and it's never really been too far away from me. You know, like I, I don't I don't go too long without kind of throwing yeah. that one on, and it doesn't have like that many hits on it i think it might have had like two two radio songs on it but it's one of those records uh, the too whole, where the whole album is great yeah, yeah. and it, it walks the line of being like happy sad right like it's got like you're listening to free girl now and you think it's like a, a happy rocker but it's actually a dark dark song right and yeah like, yeah and when i came home monday and, and i just read the news on facebook or whatever right and when i got home from work on monday the first song i put on was lonesome sundown off the echo because that's the song oh, that yeah. hit my head right and that that was uh that was a heavy heavy uh heavy afternoon yesterday there anyway yeah. all right babble so let's uh pick a song to play us out here eh? what do you want to hear let's pick one tom petty song to represent you on this well, episode I, that we're going to do yeah here. I don't really want I don't really want you to play like a good time rock and roll song because of the occasion. Yeah. You know what I really like it's off like at one of his records that I don't think was one of his better records, but I really um I really like Have Love Will Travel off the last DJ. That's a, that's always been a go-to for me for like a a nice um Yeah, it's like a parting type of song, right? Yeah. Yeah, which is what this occasion is, I guess. You never had a chance, did you, babe? So good looking, so insecure. And now you say you can't remember when the lines you drew began to blur.
try to cheer for all those bad girls And all the boys, they play that rock and roll They love it like you love Jesus It does the same thing to their souls Joe Royland from the Sit and Spin show. We're remembering and sharing some memories of Tom Petty. Were you a fan, Joe? Oh, I was. Uh, still, well, still am. Actually. Still am. Yeah. Uh, this one, this one hurts a bit too, uh, especially since he was so young. Still. Yeah, it's crazy, eh? What a shock. Yeah. Like there was no. He had a heart attack, right? So there was. Yeah, yeah. Just and out of the blue. Like, it's, it's not like like Greg Allman had recently passed, and like we knew he was kind of sick and stuff, and. It's just uh it was just really shocking to hear that that news on Monday. Yeah, I I couldn't almost I just couldn't believe it. It's like what? No way. <laughs> it was it was really surprising. Yeah, he just finished his tour, right? He looked healthy like there's Yeah. He was rocking. Yeah, yeah. I actually had uh some friends who I, I to get, who got the chance to see him on tour this year and said he was fantastic. Yeah, a friend of mine, a uh, fr- friend of the show, too, Kurt Runyon, he's he's out there in L.A., and he saw the last show. He was at the Hollywood Bowl there on the September 25th to see the last show, and then he passed away six days later, right? It's insane. Nuts, yeah. So when did uh, when did Tom Petty come on your radar? Um, fairly early. Um, I think I probably heard Breakdown on the radio probably not when it was reissued, probably later, like in late 77. It was probably the first song I heard from him. Uh, and then I didn't really hear anything again until probably like 79 when Damn the Torpedoes came out. And that record was huge for me. Yeah. Uh, I remember hearing Don't Do Me Like That going, wow, what is this song? It's great. <laughs> and went out and got the album and, and was just blown away. You know, I love yeah. Here Comes My Girl and Refugee and even Losers still to this day is one of my favorite Tom Petty songs. And and then I just stayed with it from that. Yeah, when Hard Promises came out, uh, The Waiting, that's like a really big song for my wife and I. Yeah. Um, we started dating back in like 1993, like literally right about the same week or within a week or two of, of the Greatest Hits album coming out. Right. So we used to play that record all the time. <laughs> what a Greatest and, uh, Hits, eh? Just one of the perfect Greatest Hits record. 
Yes, exactly. Like, yeah, literally not a bad song. If anything, it, the only thing wrong with it, there could have been more songs on it. Exactly, yeah. You know? <laughs> but, <laughs> and they left off uh, Jamming Me, Jamming Me. There was nothing off that record, yeah. right? They should have put... They, they left nothing off of Let Me Up, I've Had Enough, which is a shame, because I, I love that record. Uh, Runaway Trains is another one of my favorite songs by Petty, and it was crazy that they didn't even put Jamming Me on there. Yeah. But other than that... Uh, a really a really solid hits collection but sure. you know I, I i just stayed with him after that um i, I loved when uh, a woman in love it's not me came out uh i just i like the darker tone of that that was one of the things i liked about petty is he he could do stuff that was almost power pop he could do stuff that was like classic rock or he yep. could do these darker songs like it's a woman in love and and just change it up he would yeah. just do all this different stuff and it all sounded great he, he could do country uh, stuff like they did that they did that johnny stuff. cash record right with the whole band did the whole johnny cash yeah. record it just sounded great you know <laughs> yeah or even folkier stuff or like like wildflowers yeah what a great solo album and that one was really different i mean there's not there's so many good songs off that and yeah. and again it's it's just like shows all you get all of that in one album <laughs> you get like all, all the best but i mean granted most of his albums were that way you get a little bit of everything it's unfortunate he died now i guess the the next thing that he was planning was that kind of wildflowers reissue where he was gonna you know put the out al- reissue the album on vinyl yep. and i think he was planning on you know doing some shows where they were going to re- perform the entire record and you know not do a big tour like he'd done previously but you know theater shows and stuff like that and oh, that would have been amazing i, I hope and I, I assume they'll still reissue the album because that's one i'd love to get on vinyl i never got yeah, absolutely. an pressing and god they sell for now they jack the thousands price. of dollars on ebay that. or whatever yeah but uh it, even before that they were pretty pricey to, to try and get a copy and I'd, I'd love to have that on vinyl yeah, sure. You can you can hear how good that would sound on vinyl, right? That was like one of the I think that was the first Rick Rubin record he did with him. He might have yeah. Rick Rubin yeah. produced like Mary Jane's Last Dance and uh right. something in the yeah. air, the two new tracks off the greatest hits, right? And then he did right. Wildflowers. Yeah, Wildflowers right after. was like a year just barely a year afterwards, so they were probably working on it at the same time. And right, just, right. You know, Amazing. Yeah. Did you ever see him in concert there, Joe? I never did. Oh. I almost did back in the '80s when he was touring with Dylan. Oh like, yeah, like, cool. A double headliner show. Uh, probably it was. I think it was around the time of like uh, either it was either right around the time of Let Me Up. I've had enough yeah. for um, um, Southern Accent somewhere in there. Yeah, '86, '87. I think. Never got the chance to. Uh, it just it didn't work out that I could go to the show. I was planning to, but it didn't work out. And then he came uh, for the last album tour. And I almost went to that, but tickets were so expensive. Yeah, <laughs> this is like hundred buck like, tickets no, now. Yeah, oh, more than that. It was like a hundred bucks for the cheap seats, right. <laughs> you know, the nosebleed seats. It was crazy, but um, I, I really loved. It. I think probably my last, like Hypnotic Eye was a good album, and the Mud Crutch album was pretty good. But Mojo was a fantastic album. That was probably my favorite record he did, um, like song for song, yeah. since the Wildflowers album. There's a song on there called, uh, there's some good stuff on there, Something Good Coming. I really like that one. Yeah. That's a great that one. That was a good one, too. Yeah. So yeah. good. Um, so do you, do you have a favorite record out of the whole catalog? Uh, can you pick one? Desert Island, see. what studio record can you take with you? <laughs> oh, that is hard. That is a tough one. You can't uh, take the box set. Did you ever get the box set? He had put out one well, of yeah, the... Oh, yeah, I had the box set, yeah. Well, that's one of the greatest <laughs> box that, sets that ever. Count. That one can't count. <laughs> I, I know. You can't You can't do greatest hits. You can't do box sets. Comps so don't count, man. Gotta go, I, I'd probably go Wildflowers, honestly. Yeah. But if, if, you're, if that's just a solo album, if you wanted to go... 
it, it'd be a tough call between that and and then the hard one to say is like Damn Torpedoes because that was the one that really made me a yeah, fan, a big and impact. really really brought me into the fold. Excellent. But there are so many good ones. So many good ones. Hard. <laughs> Yep, I encourage everybody to check out every record he's put out. If you just have the greatest hits, uh, you're missing out on a lot of good stuff. Uh, yeah. I, I recommend that box set, that playback box set that came out in the... Uh, oh, yeah. When did that come out? Late oh, 90s? Geez. Late 90s, I think? Yeah, the, yeah I think so. Um, I'm trying to remember when that was. Yeah, you, get, got, you had three CDs of basically, you know, hits, a collection of three CDs off the record, and then it had another three CDs of, like, Rarities, outtakes, live stuff, yep. and man, there's some gems on that. Those last three discs for sure. Oh, I, I'm trying to remember the name of the damn song. Of course, I'm not going to remember it just because I want to. Uh, but there was a there was a track that was only on that box set. Yeah, that was fantastic. And now that I want to remember it, of course, I'm not going to remember. Well, there's so many. There's uh, that uh, "Waiting for Tonight" is on that. That stuff you did with the Bangles, singing with yeah, him, and uh, there's a, there's a lot of and great. Then, you know, there's some great covers of he did, like Baby, Let's Play House and Wooden Heart by Elvis oh, yeah. is on that. Oh, it's got and the, I, even like the you know the Christmas tunes he had, like yeah. um, those beyond the um, uh, the very special Christmas is like Christmas all over the world. That song's fantastic. Oh, that one's great. Um, <laughs> of course, I don't have the damn uh, box set with me that I could look and see it, but um, it had but like yeah, the early there's... early Mud Crutch stuff on there, like the uh, that early Don't Do yeah. Me Like That version is on that. And, and even like the the two Mudcrutch albums he did recently were great. Yeah. The last one particularly, I really like that. I didn't album get that lot. one. I'm gonna have Joey to check Haney it out. Joey turned me on to that yeah. one. Off to check that out. I got the first one in the uh, little live EP, but uh, I'm gonna have to uh, get the next one now. But yeah, definitely a, a great. Oh, here we go. I'm see. I'm, I'm looking up playback online just so I can see if I can find this tune. Find this the one you're thinking of. Yeah. Uh, There's one on there called uh, "Come On Down to My House," I think, which is just a fucking rocker. It's smoking. Oh yeah. So good. <laughs> Oh, baby, when you touch me there. But it was like one tune that was, I want to say it was closer to like the last disc too. I'm trying to find it here. It was cool too, it was on that, was that you got the original version of uh, Ways to Be Wicked, like, that Lone Justice. He wrote that for them. Yeah. Uh, and that was a good tune. Weird, I'm looking at it and I can't see it on here. But I, uh, and also you got the, the original demo, Stop Dragging My Heart. Stop around. Dragging My Heart, yeah. Wow, I can't see. I'm not seeing it. I'm trying too hard. But it might be on the street. No, that's too short. But um, it's it's on there someplace, and it's great. And I feel terrible that I can't remember the name <laughs> of the song right now. Well, there's good stuff on there, man. Just oh, dig deep. Down the line. What's, down the line. On. Down the line? Uh, yeah, pretty sure that's it. 
Cool. It, it could be wrong, but um, just it, it was a really good song, and I'm like, wow, I can't believe this isn't never made it onto one of his albums proper. Excellent. You know. Excellent. Well, well, I'll let you pick a song to uh, go out with. But do you have anything else you want to say? Any clothing thoughts or anything else you uh, want to get in there? Man, just, it's rough. It's a rough one, man. It's oh, that's just, tough. Uh, I know. It's just such an iconic legend in the music world, and just all the stuff he did too. You know, um, like the Wilbury stuff, or the Mudcrutch stuff, the solo albums. The oh. yeah, um, just so many good things. Um, if I'm gonna pick a song. Uh, I'm going to go out uh, with uh, It's Good to Be King from Wallflowers.
And I want to mention the amazing Traveling Wilburys and that record that came out in 1988. You know, one of the greatest supergroups ever. A very uh, natural collaboration between a bunch of friends, you know, George Harrison, Roy Orbison, Bob Dylan, Jeff Lynne, and Tom Petty. You know, a bunch of guys hanging out, writing songs, playing tunes for the love of music. It was a fun record and it was a true collaboration. You know, all five of the fellows writing all the songs together. There's some footage of them recording in the studio, recording this stuff. And you just see them all sitting around in a circle with, you know, pads of paper. And they're just tossing lines back and forth. So cool. So they're trading off lines. They're trading off verses, choruses, bridges. Um, you know, they're singing and they're playing all together on each other's songs. Unfortunately, Lefty Wilbury passed away soon after that album, Volume 1, was released. Uh, the follow-up record, Volume 3, was good, but not as good as the first one, and, you know, Lefty was surely missed on that record. And then later on, Nelson Wilbury passed away in the early 2000s, and, you know, since he passed away, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers have been keeping the music alive. They perform a lot of the songs live in concert. I've heard them do versions of Handle With Care, Tweeter and the Monkey Man, End of the Line. But now, Charlie T. Wilbury Jr. is gone. And with him is a lot of that Wilbury spirit and soul. One of my favorite songs off that first record was Last Night. Such a catchy song. And I dare you to try not to sing along with the chorus. She was there at the bar. She heard my guitar. She was long and tall. She was the queen of them all
CD listeners, we've come to the point in this album where those listening on cassette or records will have to stand up or sit down and turn over the record or tape. In fairness to those listeners, we'll now take a few seconds before we begin side two. Thank you. Here's side two. Why don't you listen to me, sugar? All the kids are at the high school rocket. Honey, get your popping shoes. Or did you buy flows of views? Cause everybody's rocking, everybody's hopping. Popping at the high school high. Popping at the high school high. Rocking at the high school high. Moving at the high school high. Shaking at the high school high. Everybody rocking and you know Tom Petty was a big rock and roll fan, a student of the rock and roll masters from the 50s. I hear a lot of that Sun record sound in Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. I've always loved his cover versions of rock and roll classics. There have been so many great versions. Uh, he did High School Confidential with Mud Crutch. That was on that, uh, that live EP thing they put out a few years ago. So good, Tom playing the bass on that. They've done a bunch of Chuck Berry songs, Around and Around, Too Much Monkey Business, Carol, so great. They did a Fats Domino song for the tr- for a Fats tribute. Uh, I'm walking so good. Baby, let's play a house. Blue Moon of Kentucky. So many good Elvis covers. He, he did that uh, Wooden Heart version of Wooden Heart. That Elvis tune on the the box set. Really good. On and on and on. Just you know, a great band for covering these '50s rock and roll songs. You know, a lot of the songs are simple, but they're not easy to play. It's very difficult to capture the feeling of rock and roll. And, uh, you know, those vibes and just the feel of rock and roll is the main thing. You know, getting that swing. When you're playing rock and roll, you got to get that swing in there. And, uh, you know, Tom and the Heartbreakers definitely did that. 
So I want to play this song, this sort of a cover song, the band playing some 50s rock and roll. This is a song that the Heartbreakers did with Carl Perkins for his record Go Cat Go, which came out in 96. And this was a tribute to uh, the rockabilly king Carl Perkins. Carl duetting with uh, you know various artists and stuff like that on his song. So this is uh, Carl with Tom and the Heartbreakers doing a song called Restless. Now, uh, Restless was a song Carl wrote in the late 60s, put it out as a single in 1968. And uh, even though it came out in the late 60s, it's very rockabilly-esque. It's very Sun Records-esque. Sounds like something Carl would have done in the 50s. Carl sings the first few verses, and then Tom takes it home. The band is smoking on this, and you even hear Carl's exuberance at the end commenting, Man, y'all can play. Woo! I walked up to her window. I said, Give me a ticket, please. She said, Where you going? I said, That's all right with me, baby. I'm wrestling. I gotta get on out of town. Take me where the living is. That's where I'll be found Lord, I'm traveling blind Cause I might be going far Taking another but clothes on my back And my big guitar Cause I'm just restless I gotta get on right town I gotta go right now Just take me where the living seas Baby, that's where I'll be
there'll be something in there to make a record with now. Just kick it, kick it out. Just it's, it's, it's on now. Back in the bedroom running. Huh? Get it now. Ooh, it feel good, man. Can y'all play, boys? I swear. Okay, I'm joined by Margot Teed, another uh, fellow. Copperhead, we were at the uh, Steve Earls Camp Copperhead Songwriting Master Class, and another fellow Tom Petty fan. How you doing, Margo? I'm doing well. Great. A little sad. <laughs> yeah, it's a sad week, but, uh, you know, I'm taking a little solace, a little comfort in uh, talking to my friends about Tom Petty and playing some music, so uh, so I'm glad you're uh, talking with me tonight. Oh, my gosh. I've, just, I've been a huge fan. I, I think I was probably first affected by um, the damned the Damn the Torpedoes uh, album, and uh, and as soon as I got that, it's like I went out and bought the first two albums, and yeah. just have been a fan ever since. Yep, that's it. Like that's the thing I'm finding common with people I'm talking to. It's like they've they've been a fan ever since you know they they first heard him, and it's like there was never a period in Tom Petty's career where you're just like oh, I'm not really into that <laughs> that record or that era. You know, it's just he's always been great. <laughs> Yeah, it's. I mean, I think his music just hits a chord. I mean, it's so honest, and and I've just been sort of thinking about that. And of course, as I'm listening to you know the compilation CDs and things that I have, and it's just like I love every one of these songs. Yep. <laughs> yep. And when you dig, when you dig back deeper through the uh, the the deep cuts and all the records and everything like that, it's it's everything holds up, you know. Yeah, I mean, I was just listening to um, the first and second albums, you know, and I, I Need to Know and Listen to Our Heart and, of course, American Girl. Um, those songs just, I mean, they just so ring true. It's like the ultimate garage band of yep. the first uh, the first two albums. Yep, just basic, basic rock songs, good, uh, you know, lyrics about love, and uh, it's just great stuff. Yeah, his lyrics are, are just so amazing in that it's not just talking about you know, an event that happened, but it's like it, it's like it paints the whole picture, which is um, pretty awesome and something as a songwriter myself, I, I try to aspire to. Absolutely. I was going to ask, being a songwriter, he's obviously influenced uh, your songwriting, I would assume. Like with me, especially with a guitar playing, like growing up and learning how to play guitar, I just love playing guitar along with all these songs. Like just, you know, they're easy enough to learn and they're just so much fun to play. That's the one thing I don't do is I don't do any Tom Petty cover songs. I mean, I can certainly sing yeah. along to songs, but I don't feel like my guitar playing would do him justice. And I mean, of course, you know, the leads of Mike Campbell's just an awesome lead guitar player. Yeah, Mike's so but, underrated, yeah. Uh, right. But doing, a, a, you know, just some basic research, I remember, you know, I, I was probably, I think I was probably 16 when Damn the Torpedoes came out and, you know, I had been playing guitar, but just no sort of noodling around. But that was like the first time it's like the cover, you know, it's like, what kind of guitar is that? Oh my gosh, it's a Rickenbacker. Yeah. Well, let's find out what this is. And so that also began my love affair with learning about guitar. Yeah, that iconic cover. And he's playing a, I don't think it's a 12 string on the cover of that, but, uh, you know, Rickenbacker and that 12 string sound is, you know, really synonymous right. with uh, Tom Petty. Yeah, yeah, Tom Petty and the Birds, I think, are, are the quintessential, uh, you know, twangy. Yeah, 12 string timing. electric, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yep. So, what else through the years? You're a fan since Damn the Torpedoes. Did you ever get to see him live? 
Yeah, um, I've seen him three times. Um, the first time, I think, was the Damn the Torpedoes tour. Um, I think Oh, you saw him way back the, then, eh? 79, that's awesome. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I saw him for uh, Into the Great Wide Open tour, and then I saw him just this past July at Milwaukee Summerfest. It was on my birthday. Wow. It was pretty awesome. Well, that, well, that's pretty cool. Three shows spread out over, like, what, 30, 40 years or something like that? <laughs> so you got you yeah, got all errors. <laughs> you got all errors of Tom Petty, which is cool, you know? <laughs> the beginning, the yeah. middle, and the, uh, well, sadly, the end, right? Yeah, I was really, you know, expecting, because, you know, Hypnotic Eye came out, what, in 2015? I was really hoping, you know, that there was going to be another, you know, another CD, and I, I want to think that they were probably working on something that I, I haven't heard. Yeah, who knows? Like, I guess this is the thing when an artist dies, right? You start mining the vaults and seeing what's what's there to put out. Uh, I know he was, right. he was he was saying he was going to slow down his touring, and he was kind of saying this is like our 40th anniversary, and this is kind of the last big tour we're going to do. Right. But he never said anything about stop making music, and I could see him, you know, making records until he died, but uh, which is unfortunately right. too soon, you know. Way too soon. Just yeah. way too soon. You got a favorite record? Is Damn the Torpedoes your favorite record? Uh, it's either Damn the Torpedoes or um, Hard Promises. Um, there are so many. I don't really like, I think, The Waiting is on Hard Promises. Yeah. I don't love that song so much, but the rest of the album I love. Um, really? You don't love The uh, Waiting? Probably- <laughs> I, no, not so much. Oh. Um, I mean, it's it's you know it's a, it's a mighty fine song, but yeah. um, it, you know, in comparison to the other ones, I think it's you know it's it's farther down on the list. But on that um, album, the Insider is yeah. probably one of my happiest songs, or, or love the songs I love to listen to, and you know, with the Stevie Nicks you know background vocals and everything. Yeah, but, that's um, such a good one, Insider. Yeah. It's just so yeah, and and stop dragging my heart around was around that era, right? I guess that's one he gave away to Stevie, but th- that's the same yeah, era. It's the same era again. I don't. That's per- probably not one of my favorite uh, songs. It's you know somewhere in the middle to the bottom of the long list. Yeah. But um, yeah, that, like to try to rank them, it's it's really impossible because it kind of depends on your mood. Your mood. <laughs> that's always the way, right? <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and I guess one of the other one of my other favorite songs would be Running Down a Dream. I can just imagine, you know, sitting in a muscle car and blowing down the highway. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's just, it, that one makes me really, really happy. And yeah. Of course, Last DJ is also a great song, a, a little scathing commentary, but a great song. Yeah, it's amazing that he put that record out. That was out, when was that? It was like a, 
early 2000s? Or, uh, Something like that, yeah. Yeah, it was right in that era where the world was getting weird and, you know, radio stations were all programmed and it was just, you know, the, the music right. business was really shifting from that old way to this new millennial way. And, uh, you know, I guess Tom Petty was uh, giving his thoughts on that, <laughs> which was really good. I, I love that record. Yeah, yeah. And that's the other thing that I think, you know, he was sort of a champion of the the individual songwriter and and you yep. know the small bands and and you know not so much the giant record company which of course as it now has all panned out it is has sort of come full cycle um full circle i, I just saw an interview by a woman from xrt in in chicago talking about an interview with him um and you know just how everything has gone full circle from the big record companies back down to you know individual people selling their music online and and empowering themselves artistic integrity with that guy for sure you know yes 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 indeed well i i just think you know um the the lyrics are um tom's lyrics are, are you know are fantastic but the whole um it's just you know the the song is not a song unless the music, you know, is as good as it is. Yeah. And I did just recently see um, a video on YouTube from Mike Campbell talking about how many guitars they have and, and <laughs> what they do when they sit down to, to cut a, uh, an album. You know, it's like, okay, this is this song, so, you know, we want to, what his words were, we want to color this song, so let's let's take the sound of the Gretsch and put it here, or let's take the sound of the Rickenbacker and put it here, yeah. or this just, you know, needs a flat-out, you know, Telecaster. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, I think maybe that might be what's missing from a, a lot of current music. Um, certainly my, my own music, because, well, I only have four guitars, but... Well, that's the thing. You're, you're limited <laughs> I, to what you I can don't... afford, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. But I, I tend not to think of the sound of the guitar as a specific separate thought and I, and I think that's something that makes um, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers especially the combined group um, efforts very unique and and just a, just a sound yeah. uh, experience exactly yeah you're, you're it's the same guy painting but he's using a different color right when you see them live, it's it's like a, a, a guitar show on stage. Like Tom and Mike literally switch yeah. guitars every song. <laughs> yes. yes. You know they play they play a, a twenty two song set and they're gonna play seventeen guitars that night. You know. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. And it really you know it really makes a difference. And uh, so I think um, you know I just it's just uh, we lost him too soon. And I like I said I I had hoped that. You know, we'd hear more. Yeah. He'd be coming and having more. I, I've even had a dream, you know, for oh, for a very long time. It's like, how can I enable myself to figure out how to work with him, even for you know, two hours of working with Tom Petty would be worth you know, ten yeah. years of guitar lessons. I'm pretty sure of it. But absolutely. Um, but yeah. So you know, I guess all we can do is go back and and revisit and try to glean some additional feelings and information from the music that's there unfortunately it's you know a very large catalog yeah we got we got all the tunes we got all the videos the live concerts to rewatch. we got the uh the documentary that great running down a dream four-hour documentary i don't know if you've seen that one though a uh, high recommend no, 
That's on Netflix. Oh. That's everywhere. It's a four-hour documentary. Can't say enough about it. Just if you like rock docs, that's the that's the one to watch. Yeah. It's great. So great, yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. yeah, I'll have to definitely check that out. So thanks for yeah. sharing your memories about Tom Petty. What do you want to play? Play a song. Pick a song for us here, Margo. I think I think we should hear Insider. Insider. I like that one. Tom Petty, Stevie Nicks. And everything you dreamed of Yeah, you're the dark angel You don't show when you break up But I know what you want to know
All right, it's good to talk to Chris Sinzak right now from the Decibel Geek Podcast. Uh, thanks for talking with me about uh, Tom Petty, Chris. Um, what did you think about Tom? Oh, man. Uh, well, thanks for having me on. I, uh, I like your show a lot. I'm not a giant Bruce Springsteen fan, but I, uh, I appreciate what he – and it's – this is an interesting talk to have about Tom Petty because – and I think the main reason why I never got giant into Bruce Springsteen is I'm not really a lyrics person per se. Yeah. And and you kind of got to be a lyric because there are there's music people, there's lyrics people. Yeah. And I'm more of a guitar and drums guy, but uh, but Tom Petty is kind of the – He's this guy was uh, I don't know. He trends did not matter when when he was around like he, right. you know, um, he's a and true he's rock a, and roller, man. Like, no, just like, yeah. no, like, yeah, like just as rock and roll as Elvis is the Rolling Stones. Like he's cut from that cloth, you know, like there's nothing fake about him. Not at all. And I think that's why he uh, that's why he succeeded in every decade, because I think he's just a cool rock and roll guy and like he you know he no matter if grunge was big no matter if hair metal was big no matter you know uh, uh, or i guess we want to call it post grunge or whatever that awful period was in the late 90s yeah um he he just shined through all of it and everyone thought he was cool it yep. was like it didn't matter you know even all the bands that were trendy at the time they just loved tom loved petty tom and, petty yeah. yeah yeah and uh Very... yeah he's just he's been a hallmark really of my whole life and it's one of those things where I mean, I always appreciated him, and I liked him, and I owned some of the albums, but it, I never really, you don't really stop sometimes and realize how great somebody is until they're gone, you know? Yeah, it's a shame. Don't know what you got till it's gone, man. Well, yeah, as a certain hair metal band said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, from, um, from one Tom to another Tom. Yeah. Yeah, but Tom Petty, just very true to his artistic muse, you know, like, like he wouldn't, like, not a sellout at all. No, not at all. And, like, I've, um, one of one of my favorite music documentaries is the running down a dream documentary. And yep. Classic. I think I've, I've watched it at least five, six times. And <laughs> yeah, that's great. And it's, uh, and like, and I'm not even a diehard Tom Petty fan, but he's just so cool. I'm a failed musician, but I used to be a musician and, uh, what it was, a uh, but like, I love stuff about the music business as awful as the music business can be. And there's a scene, it's just studio, like home movie footage of, uh, Roger McGuinn was working on like a comeback album and Tom was helping him or Tom was actually just visiting the studio. Yeah. Just and out. yeah. And these two young producer guys were there and I guess they were having Roger try to do this song that they, that they wanted him to do. And it was nothing. It sounded nothing at all like the birds or anything like you would expect. And, and Tom was, Tom just kept talking and talking like, this isn't right. This isn't the right kind of song for him. Yeah, yeah. he's like, this is fucking yeah. Roger McGuinn, man. Can we get him some proper lyrics here? Like, he can't be singing this shit. <laughs> right. And I just loved it because he just dressed these guys down right, you know, right to their face. And yeah. he's just like, he's like, you guys don't realize who you're even working with here. This guy can write something way better than this. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was, it just... It summed up who Tom Petty was in five minutes. That if you don't watch any part of that documentary, but that one, I think you'll get everything you need to know out of that one scene. Yeah, I also love the scene where they're talking about uh, they're in the seventies and they're they're over in Germany and they're just about to film Rock Palast, I guess, and they got they got into some they got a big chunk of hash somehow. <laughs> yeah, and they're going through the uh, they're going through customs or whatever, and they're like, oh, we got Ron the bass player's like, oh, we got this big chunk of hash. What are we gonna do? So then uh, they're all like, hide it, hide it, or whatever. And then, like, Tom looks at him. He's like, Ron, where did you put that hash? 
and he just he smiles and he's got like the hash just lined with his teeth or whatever right? <laughs> and then like i guess they're going through customs and like they're getting checked and he ends up like just swallowing this big chunk of hash so they play this oh. show and he's just tripping <laughs> hilarious story but tom's like yeah he was a trooper he uh played a great show and <laughs> he's a professional <laughs> oh man yeah, yeah he's uh yeah, that's true rock and roll right there. Yeah, good stuff. <laughs> you ever seen him live? You ever seen any concerts by Tom Petty? I saw, yeah, I saw him. The only time I saw him was in uh, August of 1999, and I think that was for the Echo Echo album. Tour, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I saw him at a amphitheater that's not even here anymore. And it's uh, it was, and I sent you a photo of the time I saw them live. Yeah. And the only reason I had to send the photo from the newspaper is because uh, I was in no mental condition to take photos at that concert. <laughs> you were having a good time that night, I assume. Well, as as 20,000 people tend to do at a Tom Petty concert. As you do, man. Good times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was... Let's, he was, he, Let's roll into he, the joint. Yeah, he was, uh, he was amazing. And I... Because, I, I, obviously, I couldn't remember the set list, so I pulled up one from around the same time. Yeah. And damn, what a set list! Yeah, I can. I do remember he opened with "Jamming Me" and went right into "Running Down a Dream" and then "Breakdown." And that's that's a hell of a first three songs to <laughs> Just play. Hit after hit after hit after hit. Yeah, great show. Yeah, man. Um, you know, obviously, high school is typically when people, you know, a lot of the music that you love the most or that means the most to you, uh, or as much as much of a time travel type thing, is usually connected to either your childhood or your high school years. Right. And and Wildflowers was uh, was one of those albums, and you know I I was playing in a band in high school at the time, and you know we were all just every Friday and Saturday night was partying and jamming music, and you know like our our we would just rehearse in my friend's basement, and our rehearsals we were not like a big great band or anything, but our rehearsals turned into parties every weekend. Like all of our classmates would yeah. come out and like, we'd have 50 people every weekend. Just we'd play music and we'd all party and have fun. And wildflowers came out around that time. And I remember it was uh, when we weren't on, on the, in the basement jamming, this was an album that we just played constantly. Yeah, and everybody loves and it, it's a, uh, but yeah, it just every time I hear anything off this album, I immediately get transported back to being 17 years old. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, so, yeah, I guess for my song pick, there's so many great songs on here. But and I'm actually I was inspired by my co-host, Aaron Camaro, who, you know, of course, everybody was posting their, you know, songs that they like from Tom on the, the day that he passed. And and he he posted this one and it reminded me of definitely of high school. This song has so much swagger and attitude and it's just awesome. And it's a song called Honeybee. All right. Here we go. So a little number we call Give Me Some Sugar, Little Honey, Natural Bee. Sugar, give me some sugar, give me some sugar, little honey. 
So now I'm talking to my uh, good friend Randy W. Hall from that dandy classic music hour. And uh, Randy, we lost another rock and roll hero this week, eh? This is a sad way to get together. I know. Um, keep doing it this way. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's it's just, as the population ages, Lee, 
unfortunately, the Grim Reaper's undefeated, and Tom Petty, he probably's gone before his time. But yeah. uh, at least we could pay him respect and homage. Absolutely. And, Remember the music and keep the spirit alive, keep that rock and roll soul alive, you know? Like, I was tell I used to tell a friend of mine, you know, three, four years ago, like, all of our rock stars are like in their 60s and 70s now so there's going to be a 10 15 year period where they're all going to go down and it's going to be tough <laughs> and it seems like we're, we're getting into that like 2015 2016 it seems like you know once a month like somebody big goes down and you know certain ones affect you th certain ones don't and this one certainly affected me tom petty was a guy that i carried you know where, where was he in your uh, like if you had to rank favorite artists where would you put him top 10 at least maybe like around five or six you know like he's he's just one a slight notch below springsteen you know like he's tom petty's one of my favorite artists you know i, I love tom petty I've seen him live a bunch of times and he's one of those artists that you know i don't there's nothing there's not a period of him that i don't like you know he's uh got a really rich career thread yeah and he never really uh you know fell off i know Albums started selling less and less, probably starting with Echo. Right. Uh, he always had the he always had the material was there, so that's a that's something that like if if people really get pat you know get into his nineties and even two thousands work, there's a lot of good material there to discover for yeah, folks. It's gonna hold up. I was I liked the last album, Hypnotic Eye. I was a big fan of that. I liked Mojo, Echo. I loved when that came out. You know, I've so. What about you? Were you a were you a casual fan, a big fan? When did he come on your radar? Well, Tom Petty, he somebody smarter than me came up with this line that he was classic rock in real time. Right. You may even that, but it, it wasn't me. But uh, he's always like he's been ubiquitous. He's always been there. Yeah. So as long as there's been a classic rock station, there's always been Tom Petty. And uh, I actually had a, a neighbor when I was growing up in inner city Detroit. There was a guy who lived across the street who would babysit me when I was really young. And he looked like a younger version of Tom Petty. I was very aware of Tom Petty early and I always enjoyed him. Probably be like, you know, in the 30s to 40s range. Yeah. So many artists I like and that's not... <laughs> 30s to 40s. That doesn't sound too good, but... Uh... Like I like I can vouch you're a huge music fan, right? So even if you're like my thirty second favorite artist, that's still pretty good, right? <laughs> you look through like all my mixed CDs and tapes. I mean, Tom Petty's always a thread running throughout them. Yeah, and he's so many songs. Like if you're in a pinch and you need like a short song, he's got a short song. You know, yeah. he's got a rock, he's got a slow song. He's he's a man of uh, many moods and talents. Absolutely. And, I mean, I, I I'm not as obviously a big a fan as you but i would def i have most of his albums right i have box set playback um Great i've got all set. yeah i like that box set a lot um so and i've seen him twice so yeah what years did you see him live saw him the first time in 1995 at the palace of auburn hills on the wild or they called it the uh, dogs with wings tour nice so the, the wildflowers tour right yep yeah, and uh, that was the first time I saw him. I was about to be 20. I was 19, about to be 20. Nice. Uh, went and saw him, man. He, of course, it was a great show. Um, and then I saw him 10 years later at what they call the uh, DTE Energy Center, which used to be right. called Pine. Are you familiar with it? 
Yeah, Pine Knob, that's like an outdoor like amphitheater kind of thing, right? Yeah, he would come there and play like it seemed like at least every other year. Right. Uh, I went and saw him in 05, and that was a, a hell of a good show too. I mean, he doesn't he never didn't put on a good show. Yeah, it's a great, great live act, great band with him, uh, and he's got the songs, right? The songs that the audience just sing along every word with, and uh, one of those, yeah. one of those concerts where he plays songs, you're like, oh, I forgot about this one. Oh, I forgot about this song. Like just so many hits, so many songs you forgot about too, right? Yes, sir. And speaking of Lee, I I didn't come unprepared. I actually whipped up my top ten favorite Tom Petty songs. <laughs> Yeah, that, that dandy classic music hour, you guys are good with countdowns and you like your top, your lists and stuff like that, right? So I appreciate that, you bringing that to my show here. So uh, yeah, let's go with your list. Top 10 Randy W. Hall, Tom Petty songs. So uh, number 10 is one he did with uh, Miss Stevie Nicks, Stop Dragging My Heart Around. Yeah, that's a I good just, one. I just love that. I just My favorite part of Tom Petty is when he goes, I know you want to be your own girl. You know, and... <laughs> Yeah. The, oh, it makes your spine tingle oh, yeah. when they pick up and sing the harmonies together and the hook together. So good, yeah. So, uh, cool video, too. I'm in the studio kind of singing at each other, you know? Yeah. I'm sure that was a thrill for Tom Petty. <laughs> a thrill for Stevie Nicks, too. You know, I like Tom Petty, obviously, but he wasn't the world's most handsome man. But well, he didn't... He's got the appeal, man. He's a rock star. He's got the personality, you know. He's just too cool for anything. So, uh, you know, I'm sure. I think then Stevie had a crush on him. She wanted to join the Heartbreakers at one point. I think Tom was like, yeah, there's there's no girls in the Heartbreakers, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought I heard that once, and I'm like, that's crazy. That, that would be nuts. Number number seven, number nine, not seven. Nine, yeah. Uh, yeah, you, hear, you remember that one he did with uh, Bruce Springsteen in honor of our friend Craig Smith. What was that one? Uh, was uh, You're So Badlands. <laughs> so, uh, actually, You're So Bad is my number nine. Yeah, that's of, a great one. Love that one. Full Moon Fever. Yeah, a lot of people sleep on that one. The uh, That was a single, too. There's so many singles. He made a video for that. Like, when I... Uh, my band Moon Violet, when we did our first gig, like back in 98, 99 or whatever, uh, I had a female singer, but I would sing like one song a night kind of thing. And uh, the first gig we ever did, that's the song I played. We played You're So Bad that night. And I sang that. Oh, this guy knows shit. Because, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's something like even the Tom Petty fans don't, don't uh, give that one its due. Um, from here on out, it's probably going to be pretty typical till I get to number one. But the reason these songs are so well known is because they're good so number eight is here here comes my girl just uh undeniably great song just cool uh, love song yeah yeah i mean it's like when when it's on i just i listen to it you know so many of these classic rock songs that have been burned out you just it's almost like uh, white noise you, you don't even really hear it but i stop and actually listen when this one comes on yeah, original song. Nothing sounds like that, eh? That, he's got the whole talking part in the verse, and then the, you know, the guitar parts are so tasty. On that. Oh yeah, those guitar. Yeah, those, uh, you know, and the the tone he uses on the guitar. Rickenbackers. And then number seven, uh, also from the Wildflowers album. Since we talked about the tour, it's good to be king. Um, uh, you want to talk about tone? The piano tone. On yeah. that, 
just the way that it reverberates. And I love what Rick Rubin did with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rick Rubin's done it for so many people. Um, that was his turn with Tom Petty. And uh, he made Tom Petty sound awesome again. Not that he ever like went away, but um, after Full Moon Fever, he had a little bit of a slump. And Rick Rubin brought him yeah. back. He was getting into a bit of an 80s sound there too, right? Like the uh, that Let Me Up, I've Had Enough record in 87, I think, was you know steeped in kind of that 80s sound. And then he got you know sucked into the Jeff Lynne kind of production thing, and that had its own kind of Jeff Lynn 80s vibe to it, right? And I think the Wildflowers album is kind of back to the basics, back to the roots, raw sound, and Rick Rubin brought that out. Great drumming on that song too, It's Good to Be King, Steve Ferroni. Check out the uh, check out the like the halftime pocket he's playing on that. So good. It's a good point uh, that you raised. Um, and then number six, American Girl. Take yeah. it easy. You no, know? <laughs> it's just it's just got that uh, swagger, that vibe. Almost you can almost see his sneer. Not that he's that type of dude, but yeah. it, that, a lot of attitude with it. Yeah, rock and roll attitude. But yeah, I mean, again, when that's on, I'll turn it. Uh, number five is from Full Moon Fever, which was my entry point probably to Tom Petty, like where yeah. I bought an actual album you know, on purpose. Tom Petty was Full Moon Fever. Yeah. Running Down a Dream. I remember that video. Uh, man, it wasn't, that was a cartoon, right? Yeah, it was a cool video. It's like it's like Tom Petty like uh, driving a, like running through sky space and there's a like, through the clouds and everything and <laughs> very cool video yeah and just a woo yeah. woo that whole thing to me that that just is this you could just play that song and i just don't get tired of it yeah that guitar riff so cool so easy simple but just so infectious you know if, if i really wanted to made my whole list off of wildflowers and full moon fever but i wanted to mix it up and be true to myself so yeah <laughs> be true to yourself randy that's not one be thing <laughs> yourself what's the point exactly and then uh number four is break down come on and give it to me yeah down yeah honey take me through the night do you yeah, like the a- uh the studio version or the live version i mean both I mean, you can't go wrong the, either the, way. the live version always had that like uh that little thing where he would, he would, you know, tell a little story and, you know, extend it and tell the story about... You'd go Bruce Springsteen, load the river on it? Yeah, he'd be having this conversation with this woman and stuff like that, you know, so... <laughs> I always love Bruce Springsteen when he goes into the story about him and his dad. Oh, Not yeah. that it went that detailed, but yeah, I know. I know what you're saying. No, that's good we stuff. got Bruce since we're, since we're on your show, so... Yeah, Bruce is always... Uh, you know, acceptable to uh, bring up on this show for sure. Uh, so yeah, so breakdowns for number three. We're getting down to the nitty gritty. Yeah, top three. You know, you got lucky, man. What a great fucking song that yeah, is. So cool, right? You got lucky, babe. <laughs> when I found ooh, and then yeah, the guitar with a little the keyboard sounds and that. That crazy drum beat off the top, so cool. And then the video too, right? You gotta talk about the video, that wacky video. Auntie. Uh, I don't know if I've seen the video, Lee. Oh, yeah. you, you gotta check that out, man. They're like these space pirates, like in this <laughs> apocalyptic world, and they find this boom box, and 
and they find this like this deserted tent with all this uh, outdated technology and stuff. And it's the first really? concept video that they did, you know, like not a performance video where they're actually like acting in the storylines. It's, it's kind of neat. <laughs> that must have been trend setting back then because videos weren't even like a thing until you know the early '80s, and this would yeah. have been like forefront of that. Yeah, he was. Tom Petty was big with the video age, right? Like right when MTV was happening. I think he embraced it a little bit more than, uh, you know, some of his other contemporary artists. Like he had some great videos around then. Yeah, Kim and ZZ Top would have benefited a lot from... Yeah, from the exactly. Same thing, same kind of thing. So number two is the waiting because it is the hardest part. It is. But man, I, yeah, I, I yeah. love that song so much. Like, whenever I'm looking for a Tom Petty song to just jam, the waiting always seems to be the one that I fall back on. And uh, it always sounds good every time you, you, you cue it up and play it. And it's like, it's, it's one of those songs that people know, but it's not, like, played out. Exactly, yeah. That's a classic. So, one of my favorites, for sure. Are you going to do your list on, on this show? Uh, wasn't planning on it. I don't even know what my favorite song would be. Uh... Catch me off guard, Randy. You and your lists. <laughs> Thing. So you do. You do what you do. Yeah. And my number one is is so off the wall. That's my uh, pun for you. You like uh, that? Off of she's the she's the one soundtrack, and uh, it's some days are diamonds. Nice. <laughs> yeah, walls from from the she's the one soundtrack. That's a great one. That is like a song that nobody really remembers, yeah. but I, so it, it stuck with me ever, like since the first time I've heard it, it's like, I talk to people about that song and they're like, what song are you talking about? And I know I didn't dream this. Right. I know out, right? Yeah. That's that album came out. And it was like a, he was like a soundtrack for the movie. Right. And he, it's like yeah. five or six songs and. You know, I got to say, I'm not really big on the production on that record. There's some weird things going on in the band, the the instrumentation. But two songs stand out off that record. And Walls is one, and the other one is that uh, Angel Dream song, which is just so beautiful, I think, too. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I concur with everything you said there. Uh, it's a it's a really uh, unknown, almost unknown record. And I think part of the reason is there was a lot of angst going on in that period of time with Tom Petty and his band. And that was the, could that, that have been the divorce period with him too? He was going through a divorce around that time? Like the late 90s, mid to late 90s was a little bit of a dark period for him, right? He was in a weird headspace. Yeah, dabbling uh, with a little bit of heroin and stuff, you know wrote a book about about Tom Petty um, that I never read the book, but I heard the interview with the guy who wrote it yeah. on another uh, Dig Me Out podcast. Yeah. Tom Petty in the 90s. So if you really want to get the full story about that whole era, if you go on Dig Me Out, and the, he talked to the guy who wrote that book of, of 1990s Tom Petty. Yeah. So I'm curious, but I'd like to check it out. So if you're gonna if you if you can let me take a little bit of liberty with your pick there, Randy, uh, instead of playing the version off the "She's the One" soundtrack, can I play the live version from '99 that I got? He did a stand at the San Francisco the Fillmore. They played about four or five nights there, and they were oh. they were doing like 30, 40 songs, a lot of covers, a lot of different things, and uh, you know, Walls was one of the ones they played that night. It's just a really great version from that. Well, I, I look forward to hearing it. And uh, R.I.P. Tom Petty. 
the, the world will be worse off without you. It's true. At least we got the music. Yep, we'll always have the music, and he left a lot of it. So Absolutely. I would say we got like 50 great songs, great American rock songs that we, we can uh, hang our hat on. So. Some days are diamonds, some days are rocks, some doors are open, some roads are blocked. So I'm joined by my friend Eric Miller from the Pods and Sods Network. To uh, We're going to talk about some Tom Petty here on this sort of somber week. Just got the news yesterday that Tom Petty passed away. And uh, I don't know, man. It's like with all these rock musicians and people that are dying lately, some of them hit you and some of them don't. And, uh, you know, this one sure kind of hit me hard. Tom Petty, I've been a huge fan, you know, since I was a little kid. So, uh, yeah, it's nice to be able to talk. Yeah talk about Tom Petty and play some tunes with my friends. So, uh, yeah, thanks for having me, including me. Um, 
Well, yeah, I mean, like I wasn't, I'm never, not the hugest Tom Petty fan, but I've always like really appreciated everything he did and, and how he did it and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. We'll get into that. But, um, you know, about the, the thing you said about all the rock stars, like it feels like, you know, Prince and Chris Cornell and, you know, the list and boy, it just, uh, it feels like all the cool people are leaving the party before it ends, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, it does. And those ones, like Chris <laughs> Cornell, Prince, and even Tom Petty are, you know, Tom Petty was 66. These guys are dying younger than they should, you know. Like, I know they, some of them have lived hard lives in the rock and roll lifestyle and stuff, right? But uh, I don't know. It just seems like they're, I don't know. <laughs> they're superheroes. They're yeah. rock star superheroes, right? You think they're going to be around forever, and then when, and it's just, I don't know. It's, it's tough. It's uh, Yeah. Yeah, I'm questioning, I'm questioning my feelings, right? Because I'm, I'm a little bit upset about this, and I'm sad. But like, I didn't really know the guy, but I did know him. You know, like he, I carried Tom Petty's music with me for some, you know, big things in my life, and uh, you know, it's just weird living in a world without Tom Petty now. <laughs> and it's, but he was like, like he's been a backdrop of our culture. Like he came, you know, that era of the early '80s when. You know, Bruce and Michael Jackson and Madonna, like these, these became the faces of the 80s, like the, the icons, right? But Tom Petty was just, just below that surface, but always there, right? Yeah. Like it's almost, it's almost slightly unfair that he's not viewed in that, quite that same way, right? Right. But, um, by all, by most measures, you would think he, he ought to be, for sure. Absolutely. Um, and, and the the things I always appreciated about him, uh, we did an episode on Pods and Sods where we were going year by year, and I forget which album it was. It might have been his debut or the second one, but you know, from a business perspective, when he 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 was signed to one label, and then that label got acquired by another, like MCA or something like that. Yeah, and he was on Shelter Records at first, I think, and then I don't, I think that fell through, and he signed with Backstreet Records. And then they were right. like a subsidiary of uh, MCA, right? So he'd sign. I th- like right. I'm, I'm, I th- I'm pretty sure on this. He signed some deal with Backstreets. They got picked up by MCA, and then his deal somehow got changed. And then he was just like, "Hang on a sec, we're not doing this." And that's when he kind of right. took a stance, right, against this record company there. Yeah, and he wasn't he wasn't the Tom Petty that we know. He was like just a young artist, right? It wasn't right, like yeah. he has the he didn't quite have the clout to pull that off but he certainly had the balls and the integrity right it was almost similar to the springsteen born to run thing where he you know you just put out this big record you know and springsteen just put out born to run now he's gonna like you know take a couple of years off and not record because he's sticking it to his record right. company and petty did you know a similar kind of thing you know which is yeah. artistic integrity and he was always uh he was always authentic you know, like there was, you know, he he was sort of just a great, pure American rocker, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, he had fun on a, the music video era, obviously, but uh, like the, the work, like he didn't he didn't do a disco record, and he didn't do like, you know, he didn't have a rapper in the bridge, and he didn't do all the, you know, the stuff du jour. Like he just he stayed true to his 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 muse, right? Yeah. Um, and we were you and I were email a little bit earlier on Facebook and you indicated that all the musicians you work with or a majority of them were, were slightly older like his influence and stuff so yeah. Yeah, that kind of makes sense like I know he had he had Duck play bass on a couple records right yeah absolutely yeah, those guys and uh, 
obviously the traveling Wilbur's connection, right? Like he like he got in with that crowd, like hanging it. Well, even earlier, like when he signed his record label in the 70, 70s, he got his deal with uh, Shelter Records, working with uh, uh, what was that guy's name? Denny Cordroy. I forget, I forget his name. Anyway, he was hanging out with all those guys back then. Leon uh, Leon Russell, he was working with, and so he he met all like Ringo and the Beatles and all those heavy duty guys right back then. So then when you know, the 80s come around and he was, you know, welcomed into that sort of scene with those guys, which is, you know, amazing. The thing that, I, the thing that I'm, I'm going back to in my head the last day um, since his passing and, you know, the, the logistics of the news of his passing was, that was awkward, right? Oh, um, that's awful. Social media, eh? like, uh, like, you can't escape it, but... Uh. It's an unfortunate byproduct of the time we live in that, you know, people just want to get it up first. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I, I understand the business motivation or whatever to do that, I guess. But, uh, you know, something like this, and maybe they just got misinformation, you know, but, um, you, you'd be sure, you know, and I remember when, uh, you know, when Prince died, the day Prince died, I remember hearing on the radio that it was, uh, like they found somebody deceased in his elevator. Right. And I was like, fuck man like i know that's what that means and they wouldn't announce it otherwise right but they they didn't have they couldn't full confirmation to do it yeah right so i just had flashback to that like oh you know he's on life support this is this is not going anywhere good unfortunately and uh you know and then to see mixed messages i mean it just is uh it's unfortunate you know, I yeah, mean, disrespectful, but yeah. It's late, but anyway, it's so the, the point I was I was going to make, I'm sorry. The thing I keep going back to in my head is um, there's a comedian I love named Mark Marin, right? He hosts the WTF podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he had a really good one with Ben Montench a couple of years ago. That's worth checking out. But um, he uh, he has a new comedy special on Netflix, new stand-up special. And he's talking about uh, the division in American politics now, right? As if it's politics. And, you know, he's talking about, you know, he's a progressive and he's talking about, you know, well, you know, we're at the end here. We're just uh, Americans, right? We have to come together at some point, right? So he's looking for, he's looking for some common ground to, you know, reach across the aisle or however you would phrase that. And, you know, the thing he keeps referencing is like, well, we all love Tom Petty, right? Yeah. And like Tom Petty in, in, in this routine that this comedian Mark Maron does, like Tom Petty is the glue that combines us, right? It's like <laughs> the thing that like, you know, we can shake hands over Tom Petty. Like you, you know, and he makes a joke about, you know, the guy's still anti-Semitic. Like, oh, well, I tried. But, you know, he's he's like, um, you like Tom Petty? Yeah, I like Tom Petty, man. And like I keep going back because that's only like a month old. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, uh it's like the right, it's, it's almost the perfect person to be that, um, fulcrum in that bit. Right. Because it really, you know, he, he probably does bridge all those gaps. Right. I've never met anybody that would say like a crossword about Tom Petty or, you know, that they don't like his songs or, or whatever. Right. He just seems to be universally, um, appreciated. Yeah, girls like him, like kids like him, old people like him, you know. 
obviously I'm a big Springsteen fan, but it's, you know, not a lot of girls are into Springsteen, but, you know, a lot of girls love Tom Petty. And, you know, I've seen Tom Petty a bunch of times live in concert, and, you know, I'm a huge fan. I know all of his hits, but, like, everybody I go with is always just like, oh, I I forgot about all those songs. Like, he's just got hit after hit after hit that you forget, and the whole crowd is singing, and it's, uh, you know, it's it's just a nice communion of, you know, people celebrating Tom Petty music. It's so good. Did you ever yeah. see him live? Ever? I just, I never did. I never did have the no, chance. Right. I mean, I had, but I never did go, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. And I regret it. It's just, you know, it's one of those. I think you and I have talked about it before. Like you have this list of bands that you know that you kind of like, but you never fully dive into, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and that, that's. I think. I think you mentioned it with Wind and Fire when we talked about it last time, or somebody like that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. This, this. He's one of those for me, and you know now. You know, now sadly it's it's posthumous, but I'm gonna, you know, I mean, I know the hits, and there's, you know, tons of them out there, but uh, yeah, unfortunately, I never dove in fully, but I always got it, I always appreciated it. Yep, he's a guy with you an know? amazing greatest hits record, and he's also one of those guys where if you if you want to take the time and really dig deep into his catalog, like it delivers, like it's got all kinds of songs that are gonna last, you know, lifetimes after he's gone and after we're gone. I think, you know. And the traveling wheelberries. I mean, like if you're if you're uh if you're invited into that club, you know, I mean <laughs> that that says it all, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's so much credibility right there for uh you know, Bob Dylan, George Harrison to say like, Yeah, we want to hang out with this guy, Roy Orbison. It's amazing. Right. Yeah, they didn't call up uh Billy Ray Cyrus or uh <laughs> <laughs> or Toby Keith, right? Oh, yeah. It was uh Tom Petty got that call. So Absolutely. Rightfully. <laughs> Plus, I think I think that one of the reasons they like him is he's just a cool guy. Like he just seems like a cool, laid back dude that you want to hang out with. You know, like <laughs> yeah. everybody wants to party. With he always Petty. did that way. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right, Eric. Well, thanks for talking with me. Uh, joining me with me and sharing your thoughts on Tom Petty here. What do you want to play? We're gonna, I'm giving each of my guests uh, a song to play. You got a Tom Petty pick for me here? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I appreciate you having me. The one that keeps going and around in my head, it, it's he's one of those dudes too. It's it's probably the last one you heard. Yeah, um, is the one that gets stuck in your head because the songs are so great that way. But yeah, uh, yeah. I'm gonna go with you. Wreck, I'm gonna just go with you. Wreck me. Awesome. That one's stuck in my head. Great one. Cool.
my friends for sharing their thoughts about Tom Petty. It feels good to share these stories and the music. That's how we keep them alive. That's how we keep the spirit and soul of a rock and roll hero from fading. Stand your ground. Don't back down. Keep on swinging. you so much. I came here as a young man. I've never left. I love this place and I love this business. I come from the rock and roll world. Rock and rollers, you know, you saw them up here playing a minute ago, you know, I looked up and went, oh, rock and rollers up there. And rock and roll is one of the greatest things because it makes you feel good, but done at its very best, you feel cool. And that's a great reward. 
but I guess I should thank everyone. I should thank my family, my wife Dana, my children for putting up with me, traveling all my life, being in the studio all my life. My life is one long recording session. Recording this now, right? I mean, the session never stops, and I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful. I mean, I was just some shit kicker from Gainesville, you know? Uh, I'm still just a shit kicker from Gainesville, but, you know, I have a much nicer house. <laughs> And if they ever let me have my license again, I'm going to have a nice car. Um, but anyway, I, I, I'm sorry I'm talking off the top of my head, but I was talking about rock and rollers, you know, and things have changed. Things have changed, you know, and music is different. Um, there's a lot of the same... The honest ones, though, still shine through. The ones that have something to say still shine through. And I love the young musicians, the young writers. If we're all here gonna make our living off this, all I ask is that let's try really hard to understand that it's important that we make money, but the art and the truth is just a little bit more important. God bless you, thank you so much. That's the show, friends. Thanks for listening. You can find us on our website, TrampsLikeUsPod.com, communicate with us on Facebook, on our Tramps Like Us podcast group page, and on Twitter, at TrampsLikeUsPod. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes, where you can leave a review and a five-star rating. Rockin' and Rollin' and Whatnot Sidecast is a non-profit audio fanzine created by fans for fans and is available for free. We are not affiliated with Bruce Springsteen or any of the artists featured on the show. If you have heard any music you like, please find it and purchase it via iTunes, Amazon, your local record store, or wherever music is sold. As always, gratitude and respect to all of the great musicians and performers we feature on the show. Stay cool, and keep rocking and rolling and whatnot.